0: Our text is Revelation in chapter 9, and last time we looked at verses 8, and we was trying to finish that out, and so I'm, what I'm going to do is just read verse 7, 8, and 11, because this is the last message in this series, this will be number 22, so if you uh, go back on our website and listen to all 21 of them, if you're a glutton for punishment. Uh, But no, if if you want to go back and listen there, there's a lot of things that we covered in those things. I'm trying not to just rehearse over and over and over again, but uh, uh, those messages are there on the website. Now, he says here in verse 7, And the shapes of the locusts were likened to horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And it dropped down to verse 11. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, and in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, shall we pray? Father, as we look into your word today, help me to rightly divide it. But Lord, it's still even rightly divided. It's your word, but thy spirit must work in it through power, Lord, not through my power, but thy power, that I'm only the vehicle to deliver the word that has power. So I'm saying all that just to say this, Lord, I realize that there could be someone listening by way of Radio today on WTYG, they could be listening or watching by our live stream or be here in the services who are not one hundred percent sure that if they died today that heaven's their home. And Lord, as I've gone through this series, it just it should break our heart tremendously to know that people will end up in this eternal place, never being able to cease to exist, never able to escape, tormented night and day forever and ever. So, Lord, I pray, I pray that if anyone is not sure, that today they would see the great saving grace of our Lord and Savior who forgives and cleanses. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. All right. Uh, last time, as we were looking at this, we uh, read these verses and we tried to show you the difference between heaven and hell. We've done that several times in this series. Uh, the hell you have there, the locusts, of course, that were described for us there, as well as uh, the fire. The rich man said, I am tormented in this flame. So, you've got torments down there, you've got flame down there, you've got all kind of creatures down there. And then, death and hell are cast into the eternal lake of fire. And we said that's kind of like going from jail to prison. That, that's about what it's like. A prison being the worst thing. And yet, there's never, ever, once, one second after death, it's too late to try to get saved then. One second after death, it's too late. As a matter of fact, the very second you die is too late. And you're there for eternity, and you can't cease to exist. Why? Because man was made in God's image. God is a spirit. It's not our body it's talking about, it's our spirit, the very life, the very person. And that spirit will live forever if it's without Christ in hell in a body that's able to fill everything this body feels, but not cease to exist. Now, people have died and gone to hell. Their bodies are still in the grave. But their spirit's in hell in a body that fills the torments of hell. So I, I lay that out for you so that you have an idea there. Now, as we looked at that last week as well, we start to notice there, he had the, they had the face of men and the hair of women on the same head on that locust. Now, that locust has a sting that will be released for about five months during the tribulation hour, which is to hit this earth. It'll be a seven-year time. But during that time, there's a five-month period when these are released from the pit. That is from Hell and they will sting men, and men will try to kill themselves, and they can't. It'll be a paralyzing pain, and yet unable to finish it off. And it's given man a vestibule of hell, of what it's like if you die without Jesus Christ. And that's what it's about. And so, it shows that, but these, uh, these locusts, on them, It'll have a head that looks just like a man, and then yet hair that's just like a woman. And one of the things that I tried to point out last week to you is that when God created them, He created them male and female. God made a distinction uh, in genders. Now, look, again, there's no test that shows whether a baby is going to be uh, a transvestite. I know he's going to be a homosexual. I saw his hand just like that, you know. No, it doesn't, that doesn't go that way. Okay. So, that is so wrong and so evil. But you see, that's what the devil does. He tries to uh, confuse things. And I think it's so funny. All I heard this past year is, Follow the science. Follow the science. But when tell them, well, why don't you follow the science? It's male and female. They have a problem with that. So, but I also wanted to point out in Deuteronomy chapter 22, now we're not going to go there, but 22 verse 5 says that it is an abomination. Now, this is what makes God really sick. Just turns his stomach, just really is something that's just putrid to him. He said, My goodness, what in the world is that? What makes God sick is this. He says, it's an abomination for man to wear that that pertaineth to a woman and a woman to wear that that pertaineth to a man. Well, that's Old Testament. Okay, thou shalt not kill us in the Old Testament. So I guess it's all right now because that's in the Old Testament. it's all right. Just start shooting and killing people. See, ignorance should keep its mouth shut because it gets exposed after a while. And, and listen, it's still wrong today. It's still strong, you call it transvestite, whatever you want to call it, it is wrong, it is sin, and God finds it abominable. Right. Now, you say, preacher, you shouldn't preach that way. Well, it's God's Word. I'm not, I believe it. Yeah, I, I am preaching what I believe, but it's what God said, so I'm preaching what God says. And so, understand, this is God's Word, and by His uh, grace, we will preach His Word as it is to men as they are, not with the hopes of condemning people, making people feel bad, but making people to see they need a Savior. And Christ will forgive that transvestite. He'll forgive that homosexual. He'll forgive whatever gender it is of their sin and deliver them from it and save their soul, and give them everlasting life. That's the kind of God that we have. But now also in verse 8, where we didn't get to, I want to take up there today, is that we read there uh, that uh, about the, the lions, it says uh, there, uh, that uh, in the verse, uh, that they have the teeth of as a lion. The teeth of lions. Now, I see two symbol, symbolisms from that. Now, I tried to emphasize just a little bit, whereas, likened to, because when you see the words whereas, likening to, it means that it is symbolic, but the character of what it's showing is manifested in what it's symbolic of. For an example, uh, uh, the lion. Well, okay, you see a lion, that, that sparks fear, the teeth, you think of that, that's fearful. And so, there's a characteristic, yet that it's not a real lion. Those locusts, they're not real lions, but their teeth are as that. Now, these locusts are not locusts that we have on the earth. These are locusts that were created for this particular purpose in hell. Okay, that's what they were created to do. They're not being punished. This was what they were created to do. And so that's what we see. Now, they had the teeth of it's a lion. And so one of the symbolisms that we see here is this. 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And so, often we see that in hell there's one thing of the teeth of a lion, and you're thinking of pain. The pain in their bite. Their tails like scorpions, the the pain in the sting of it. But also, we're seeing the fear of hell when they see these things, and they hear these things about them. The devil seeks to devour. And so also we see that the devil tries to devour testimonies, devour you from doing right, devour anything about your Christian life that is right and holy in God's sight. He seeks whom he may devour, destroy, and keep them from uh, heaven, or to keep them, if they are saved, from serving God. Satan is called a tempter. He tempted others to sin. He tempted Eve. He's tempted others. Throughout the Bible we see him behind so much temptation in the Bible. Satan tempts. We remember Eve. But don't. Don't miss out on something. We think of Eve. Uh she was tempted and drawn away, but I think she was drawn away by her own desires, her own lust. You see, when first the devil said, um, as the Lord said, you shall not surely eat of that. Yeah, he said, we shouldn't eat of that lest we die. (laughs) Satan had to correct her about the Word of God, because he didn't say, lest you die. He said, you shall surely die. But you won't surely die. Look how good this is for you. Look, see, what's, what's God's keeping you promise that if you eat this, your knowledge will be open, and you'll be just as God. Wouldn't that be great to be just as God? Boy, that, that appealed to her. That appealed to her lust. You know, When you hear people complaining, when you hear bitterness, when you hear fault-finding, when you hear gossip, it begins in the lust of the flesh, seeking more for self and self-exaltation and satisfaction. It just always seems to work that way. I find it interesting that when we think of that, we think of the book of James in chapter 1 chapter 1, verse 14, 15 says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Now, the devil can tempt you, but he doesn't make you sin. You are drawn away of your own lust. And enticed. Then verse 15 says, then when Lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Separation from God. Now, if it's a Christian, it means loss of reward. But for one, unsaved. As all of us are born into this world needing a Savior, it speaks of being separated from God and needing a Savior. Now, the teeth, then, draw us to a fear just as real as a lion, and hearing the lion roar, as a roaring lion. Those teeth should scare. Moses, uh, Noah was moved with fear. He built an ark. He shouldn't try to scare people, talking about hell. The Lord said, I'm going to destroy the entire world with a flood of water. And Noah moved with fear to decide he was going to believe God. How'd that work out for Noah? A whole lot better than he did the rest of the world. Well, the same thing works with then, when you think about there is a hell. Moved with fear of that roaring lion, you better come to God in repentance and faith. Now, understand, I'm not saying Satan is the one that tempts you in hell. He does, and he's tempted there. He's tried there. He's tormented there. It's made for him. But you see, so often, when you see the teeth of a lion, it appeals to our emotion, the emotion of fear. You know, now, they use that in, in Hollywood today. Okay, for an example, years ago, it was the beautiful starlet, the handsome star. After so much of that, they started adding sexual implications before just full-fledged everything else. And this was that, and so that, and then same thing with cowboys. I mean, I, I'd love to watch those old westerns they should shoot a guy ten times, but you never saw any blood. But now there's blood all over the place. Why? Because that strikes your emotion. Okay, it strikes the emotion. And it, it draws you in. And you see, that's what that's all about. And so, the blood. But it is death. Now, in verse 11 having seen that the lion seeks to tempt to keep you from getting saved if you're not saved, and as a Christian from serving him, from serving the Lord, so that you're ineffective and you're not able to lead anybody else to Christ. That's what Satan does. He's a roaring lion. He goes about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour the testimony of Christians while at the same time keep lost people from getting saved that's what he does. But now let's go on to verse 11. And I'll read that again. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abandoned, and in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, I will tell you when I start this, a lot of writers that I've read on this subject disagree with me. They look at this, Apollyon and Abaddon as Satan himself I cannot agree with that at all because of what the Bible teaches me. And so I look at this passage from the doctrinal position that the Word of God gives us, particularly as we uh, consider two other passages of Scripture. Now, if Satan were the one, that king, that angel, and Satan is a fallen angel, but if he's that one, then Matthew 25, verse 41 says this, then shall they say unto them uh, on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, every angel is a creation of God. You know, you and I are procreated. The angels weren't procreated. God made each one individually. But what you need to understand is that they all had complete light. They knew who God was, they knew of his power. Satan was able to deceive them, but they, knowing God, followed Satan. There's no hope for them at all. And so, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Otherwise, it's to torment them. You say, are you sure about that? Well, Luke chapter 8, verses 30 through 32, and I don't think Jesus Christ has ever told a lie, and I know He hasn't ever told a lie. He was God come in the flesh. But there was some, there was a legion of devils, of demons, if you want to say it that way, that they were in this one man of Gadarene. Matter of fact, those gone with me to Israel. We have visited that place. We, 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 we saw it uh, uh, there. And, and when you go there and you see it, then you imagine the, those that herd of swine running down and jumping into the lake there, which is the Sea of Galilee. But wow. They, the legion of devils, said, don't cast us there, don't judge us, don't send us to torment, before the time. They didn't want to go there before the time. They didn't want to be tormented in that place. It was a place of torment. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Some of them from the flood era were already there. They knew what was going on down there. They didn't want to go there. They'd rather be in a herd of swine than to be that. And the Lord allowed them for that. But they will one day be in that place of torment that was prepared for for them. Now, that is Bible doctrine. That is Bible doctrine. That's what the Bible teaches. Hell is prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, there's some that say, well, you know, some were predestined to go to hell. Yes, one second after death, they're predestined to go to hell. But not before then. They're not predestined before then. They have a choice. They have a free choice. You see, 1 Peter 3, verse 9 tells us this, it's very very interesting what it says, it says that God is not willing, uh, God's not willing, God is not willing, that any should perish, that is, go to hell, but that all should come to repentance. Now, did God get it wrong? And some idiot sitting behind a desk somewhere got it right? No, God got it right. Believe the Bible. In it. Look, if I say something wrong up here that differs from the Word of God, believe the Word of God, not me. The Word of God is our authority. I'm not the authority. The Word of God is the authority. And so you go on that. Now, let's look at this uh, idea of Satan here then. Um, matter of fact, Brother. Wittered in our Sunday school class today was teaching a little bit about that, and he got on to Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 16. And my prayer was, Lord, help him to forget what he's saying, because uh, he's going to steal everything I was going to say. But uh, it was good, it was very good. I love the way he teaches as well. But uh, listen as I read there, because it's talking about Satan. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Now, the name Lucifer means light bearer. When Lucifer was created, He was the highest ranking angel. He's called in another place the covering cherub. Now, if you'll remember in the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament when they made one likened to the one in the heaven, after that pattern, there are two angels standing over the mercy seat. See, it took two angels to replace Satan. He was the highest ranking one. He was the light bearer. He was one that shined the glory of God to all creation. But he wanted that light not for God, for himself. His pride. So, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground? Which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven and will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I believe he's talking about the angels, not just the physical stars. I think he's talking about the angels. I will exalt myself above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights to the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You see, when he first started, well, he didn't get destroyed, so he must have some power that we don't know about, and therefore God can't do anything about it. He's to deceived some of those other angels. The verse 15 says, Yet thou, Satan, Thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look on thee, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth tremble, that did shake the kingdoms? Uh, and he did do that. But now he's cast down in that same pit where those people that died without Christ are, and they're saying, this was he. So hell is for Satan's eternal punishment along with his angels. It says in our text, in verse 11, And they had a kingdom over them. Okay, this is a king over those all of hell. And this king, the Greek word is basilius, which means basically a monarch. A king. That's the word they used back in that day for it. And so, uh, he is the king over this place. Uh, in the New Testament, that same Greek word was applied to God, the Father, as well as to Jesus Christ. Now, that shows that Satan is not in charge in the pit. There is an angel There's made a king by God, and he is sent there. He was sent with the keys, that only Jesus has the keys of hell and of death, and Jesus gave him those keys to open the pit. The name in the Hebrew tongue is Abandon. In the Greek tongue, it is Apollyon. It means a destroyer. Now, names mean something. For example, there's the name Gabriel. Gabriel is an archangel. That that is a high-ranking angel. The word angel itself means messenger. So, this high-ranking angel was sent to Daniel, and we hear the 70 weeks of Daniel. Now, that didn't come from Gabriel. He delivered the message from God to Gabriel. And Satan could not prevent it. Because that was his place. Now, we also think of Michael the archangel. Michael his name means one who is like God. Okay, now, here you have Gabriel, whose, whose name means God is my strength. And now Michael, his name is one who is like God. See, since God is Gabriel's strength, he can't, Satan can't prevent him from delivering the message God has given him, Michael, now again, Satan at one time was above Michael and Gabriel. But Michael, God is my strength, and in the book of Jude we find that he, that he contends with the devil. And the words he uses are the Lord rebuked thee. Have you ever heard a preacher stand up and say, and sometimes you see it on television I guess, but Satan, I rebuke you! And Satan's about to split his side laughing at the guy. You know, one guy in the book of Acts, he tried to do it the other way. He just said to the demons, I command you, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, come out of him. <laughs> he didn't have that. Okay. And, and that man jumped on the whole group of the, those brothers and uh, whipped them all. Now, I'm saying that. say, here is Michael, who has a position from God, but he's also a messenger. He goes forward with God's message, and in Jude, he's there. One of the things he warns about the last days, I mean, if you want to say, what is the sign of the last days? okay. Men will turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, Jude verse 4. That is, anything goes. Hey, we have grace. Oh, we have liberty. Oh, those things may have been wrong in the Old Testament, but they're not wrong today. Look, I've seen churches that one time were fundamental and true to the Word that have turned that direction. They have turned that direction. Deceived by the Deceiver deceived by false doctrine and they have a responsibility to stay true to the word of God but instead they do these things one more passage of scripture Revelation chapter 14 verses 10 and 11 very important here speaking of hell okay the same shall drink this is after they've been cast into the eternal lake of fire too by the way the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture, in other words, it is not watered down, into the cup of his, that is God's indignation, and shall be tormented with fire and brimstone, now listen to this, in the presence of the holy angels, that's the ones that didn't, Paul, and in the presence of the Lamb the Lord Jesus Christ. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. They have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast, his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Of course, that's talking about those in tribulation. But it's also telling us about hell. This king is an angel that God has given him a name, and it means something. He is a destroyer, and he takes as an angel, the messenger of God, and he gives the message of what to do. I believe that when the, the, those locusts come out of the pit during the tribulation for, seven, uh, for a five-month period, they are commanded by this, this king to go get men that do not have the mark of the Lord on them. And they do. Now in hell, Everybody there, Satan, all those angels, as well as people who died without Christ, they'd hit them as well. There's fire, there's brimstone, there's torment. You say, Are you a fire and brimstone torment preacher? I guess you could say that. I'm just a Bible preacher, and that's what God said. And so I say, If God said it it was important to keep it there and preserve it for all these years, so why would we not preach what He wants preached? Now, I've said all of that to bring it to this point. The Bible says in Ezekiel that the Lord has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I mean, in Revelation chapter 4, all things were created for his pleasure. So, if he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, he's not willing that the wicked go to hell. They go to hell by choice because they have a spirit and love God. They had the free will to make a choice. They chose to go to hell because they wanted to live it up now and want going to find out one second into hell that all that they lived for on earth that was such a great thing to them is not going to mean anything to them in hell. Let me give you this illustration as we start drawing to a close. My dad was in the hospital. I knew that he was... uh, baseball fan. If he was at his house and there was a baseball game on, he was watching the baseball game. And usually because at this, that time it was the Braves, you know, they for so many years, and so he watched the Braves, following them, he told me what was wrong with every manager the Braves ever had and every player that just didn't do what he thought they should do. But I remember one of the times in the hospital last year or so of his life, I said, Dad, the Braves... I uh, won today. He says, you know what? That doesn't really matter to me. He says, I don't, don't even care about those things anymore. You know what? That stuff that was interesting to him, as he was pacing to meet the Lord, see my mom, to see all those others, those things weren't important up here on earth. the things of earth (laughs) you can't take it with you if you could it would melt so you can't take it with you but one thing you can do you can turn to Jesus Christ today he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked he says turn ye turn ye you say am I wicked if you've never been saved in God's sight you're wicked You see, we're all born sinners. There's not one person in this auditorium that was born without sin and have lived the perfect life. There's not one of us here. Each of us in this auditorium, those watching by the live stream, those listening by radio, not one of you deserve to go to heaven. Not one of us deserve to go to heaven. Not one of us earned our way to heaven. But there is a way that was earned to heaven. That was Jesus Christ. He was God, who is the Spirit through eternity past. He came to this earth, took on human flesh, that, and lived a perfect life, never sinned, tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin, and he died on the cross for every sin you or I ever have or will, ever will commit. Three days later, he rose up victorious over hell and the grave. He has the keys of hell and of death, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. And in his high priestly prayer, he even prayed that we would share in the glory that he shares with the Father that day in heaven. Now, you've got to by choice. Say, okay, I'm a sinner. He died for my sins, I believe that. And so I'm going to come to him in repentance. That is, turning from myself Turning from what I want to turning to what God wants. I'm going to give him my heart and life today. I want him to save me from my soul. I want him to save me from my my sin. I want him to cleanse me of my sin and give me everlasting life. And he says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because he died, he paid the penalty. Because he rose from the dead, he can also guarantee everlasting life for you. The moment you close those eyes in death, you are in the presence of the Lord. And that can be your story. Whether you die today or 20 years from now, you can be in his presence. So I ask, are you ready to meet the Lord? And if you are, as a Christian, are you as you want God to find you? Or will you be ashamed at his appearing, even though you're saved? That's also a free choice. It's up to you. Let's bow our heads, please.